And we're live. Hello and welcome to The Great Debate. Uh, Adar is actually uh, otherwise preoccupied with some other engagements today. So I will be moderating today's debate. Uh, the Great Debate is about finding common ground. Um, it's not a debate where two sides work to defeat each other. Um, and uh, we're very lucky to have uh, Dani Iftach and uh, Izzy Diab on with us today. Dani and uh, Izzy, hello and welcome. Hi. Izzy, you want to introduce yourself real quick? Um, sure. Uh, so Izzy Diab here. I'm a Palestinian refugee by birth. Both of my, my parents uh, are Palestinian refugees from 1948 and then 1967. Um, I was born and raised in Jordan, um, and I have a strong connection to the to the Palestinian issue. And um, it, I feel it's my duty to actually uh, converse and have dialogue surrounding the issue with counterparts in Israel and with people around the world. Uh, my name is Danny. Um, I am Israeli. I was raised in the States and then came back to Israel. Um, I couldn't have said it better, Izzy. Honestly, I feel like it's my responsibility and our responsibility to really bridge the gap between us and find a solution uh, to this ever-aging conflict and <laughs> learn how to live side by side with one another. Uh, instead mm -hmm. of seeing each other as enemies. So I really hope that through this debate, uh, we can bridge these gaps and, uh, you know, find our way towards peace. So. Yes. Fantastic. So uh, the topic of tonight's discussion is BDS. Uh, it's something that often comes up uh, in dialogue or uh, criticisms of Palestinian activism. Um, so to start with, uh, I'd like to get each of your thoughts. Um, what do you think of BDS? Uh, do you support it? Uh, and um, uh, do you think BDS is anti-Semitic? Uh, let's start with Danny. Uh, I'm so sorry. I'm distracted by a comment, and I feel like I have to call it out. Um, our number one troll, Starhopper, uh, is laughing at the fact that you identified as refugee by birth. So I think that that is a really important comment to comment on. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I feel like there would be no one better than a Palestinian refugee themselves to explain um, what that status is and why not to mock it. Okay, so yes, um, uh, let me check. Uh, Starhopper by birth, lol, a, ru a rule that applies to no other group on earth. Well, yes, that's true. It applies to no other group on earth because no other group is actually going through the same conditions that Palestinian refugees have gone through. The fact of the matter is, um, if we're talking about the 1948 um, refugees, 750,000 of them uh, were forcibly removed from Palestine. Um, and the international community recognized their right of return at that time, uh, believing that a solution will happen. But it's been 70 years into the conflict, and now we have only 50,000 of those refugees. 
uh, the original ones in 1948, which means if if the their their descendants weren't granted this status, their right is no longer there. It is wasted by their death. And that's not something to mock. They lived in exile for for 70 years. They have every right to have their right fought for. So please have some have a bit of empathy before you start um, laughing. Just have a bit of empathy. I have every empathy for everyone in the world. I expect the same from other people. Um, and we're also talking about a people, a group of people that are stateless. And yes. I think that's also what differentiates between Palestinian refugees and other refugees. Um, Syrian refugees have a home to return to. Yemenite refugees have a home to return to. Palestinian refugees do not have a home to return to, not yet. And therefore, mm. they are granted refugee status by birth because they are a group that is stateless. Whether mm. you believe that the Palestinian people are a people or not, that's not up to you to decide. Um, so please be respectful of the way people and a group of people, in fact, um, how many Palestinians are there now? Eight million Palestinians? Uh, identify uh, themselves. Yeah, yeah, so be respectful about how eight million people identify themselves as. Um, okay, so that was on that comment. Uh, yeah. I hear your question was BDS for or against? Uh, yeah, so uh, do you support uh, BDS as a movement, as an organization, and uh, uh, are you for it or against it, Tommy? Uh, so, as an Israeli, um, it is very hard for me to be for BDS. And um, my main reason why I am against BDS is one, because I think that at large it has morphed into something quite anti-Semitic. And when I say morph into something, we'll talk about it more in depth. But um, I don't think that the principle as um, an organization at its root is anti-Semitic. So that's not what I'm saying. I think it's very important that there is a nonviolent group that uh, it, its goal is to critique the Israeli state and its policy. Every state and their policies should be critiqued by their people and by the people in our case that are suffering um, at the hands of our gov my government. Mm -hmm. um, and also because I feel like it is inefficient. Um, so that's in two words, we can get that into depth, but I kind of want to hear your stance on it, Izzy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Starhopper Star is still at it. Well, go ahead, Sahir. Uh, we'll uh, disregard the uh, comments in the chat mm. for now, um, but uh, if he is still at it, um, uh, we can <laughs> review that a little later. But uh, yeah, Izzy. I, <laughs> Uh, same question over to you, uh, BDS, do you support it, um, and how do you feel about the movement? So BDS, um, in history, it was uh, used in the um, apartheid South Africa model, and it was successful as a form of peaceful resistance. And in that sense, I think I support the model itself. Um, I do have criticisms in, in terms of uh, efficacy, which we will will talk about as soon as this topic come uh, come. Uh, but I I think as a form of peaceful resistance, as a form of of expression, 
I think it's legitimate. I think it's needed in a way to stir the, the, the debate towards the conflict, um, stir the focus towards the conflict a little bit, um, and maybe uh, change the international pers perspective uh, of, of what's going on to a certain extent. So I think I, I, I personally support the model itself, um, but I do have my, my criticisms for for what is going on right now with it. Um, so, oh, yeah, um, I mean, before we, uh, I'll give you a chance to respond. Uh, Danny, you mentioned that you think that an organization, you know, should exist in order to critique Israel's policies and, uh, it seems that you support um, some aspects of uh, what BDS does. Um, is it specifically uh, the sense that um, there is uh, anti-Semitism associated with BDS uh, that you take issue with, or is there something else um, uh, in terms of their tactics or their strategies that makes them difficult for you to support? Well, I think that I would... Uh, my opinion on BDS is that its rhetoric, uh, rhetoric is, mm. and the, its supporters and organization that support BDS um, have, um, have published anti-Semitic, uh, whether it's caricatures or slanders or quotes. And there is a huge difference in my opinion between criticizing a state and its policies and criticizing its civilians. And I feel like, and if I can, if I may speak in slang, don't get it twisted, but they do get it twisted. Um, so when I think of anti-Semitic, I, I personally follow the three Ds, okay? So the three Ds, by the way, I just have a notebook, so if anyone's wondering uh, why I'm looking down, it's just because I'm reading my notes. Um, so the three Ds was formulated in 2003 by an Israeli politician named Natan Sharansky, who was also head of the anti-Semitic board. Um, mm -hmm. And it was adopted by the United States Department of State mm -hmm. uh, in 2010 and also replaced by the working definition of anti-Semitism in 2017. The three Ds, the first one is the delegitimization of mm -hmm. the Israeli state and its civilians. The second okay. is the demonization of Israel and its civilians or Israel and the Jewish population that mm. um, are uh, that make the Israeli uh, population. And the third is double standards. Mm -hmm. um, so if you'd like, we can dissect each D. Um, each D that I have also have, I, I brought examples and then we can kind of back and forth you're okay with that, Izzy? Sure. Yes. Let's let's do that. So I think that um, I'm going to start with the demonization, just because it's the one that gets me uh, the most. Um, so the demonization of Israel and its people. Um, a lot of supporters and organization have published uh, very racist and anti-Semitic caricatures, and what defines itself as demonizing is when um, there is propaganda that is much like Nazi propaganda. So for anyone who doesn't know, Jews were depicted as octopuses, as pigs, um, you know, huge nose. Apparently, I don't fit that criteria. Um, you know, tail, horns, 
drinking the blood of children. That is a very mm -hmm. huge one. And these are things that have been published. So um, hold up. There we go. So I want to start with members of Justice in Palestine. So the members of uh, the Students in Just, uh, for Justice in Palestine is a huge mm -hmm. Palestinian activist group that works in university campuses. That's where they're most prominent. Mm -hmm. And um, I just copied down a couple of tweets that I saw. I don't have full names. I just have usernames. And mm -hmm. I, I hope it's fine that I say it. But um, so one tweet was by Ismail, a member of the Students for Justice in Palestine. And he wrote, the world would be so much better without Jews in it. The second one is a quote by someone named M. Lol, mm -hmm. let's stuff some Jews in the oven. Another one was from Mohammed Alhams, who said, what's the difference between a Jew and a pizza? The pizza leaves the oven. Uh, another one is by a girl named Dahlia, uh, who uploads a meme of Hitler, who's dressed as Adele. And there's a cover for the song, pour fire to the rain. So you pour fire to the Jews. Um, in UCLA campus in 2015, members of the Students of Justice in Palestine, uh, Students for Justice in Palestine um, basically challenged a student by the name of Rachel Beda, uh, questioning if she was e even fit to serve as a member of the student council solely because she was Jewish. At least that's how it was reported. Mm -hmm. um, so that is just a couple of examples on how at least members that support the BDS um, have demonized Jews, have mm -hmm. uh, basically depicted us as subspecies. Uh, there is also um, uh, Badil, which is a very um, prominent organization for those who don't know, uh, who drew caricatures of a stereotypical Orthodox Jew. Uh, he had a pitchfork that was shaped with a menorah. That menorah was filled with blood and a under this, you know, gremlin-like Jew uh, yeah. were two Palestinian children in which mm. he was feeding off their blood. Mm -hmm. um, and I have a lot more <laughs> uh, examples, but I think that's just in a nutshell. Um, yeah. When Israelis and Jews see that their supporters are actively supporting and, uh, you know, publishing these kind of imagery of the Jewish people, um, yeah. it makes it very hard for any Israeli or for any Jew uh, to, to support that demonization, especially because of uh, you know World War II, the Holocaust, understanding what that effect had to the people. Um, it's, 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 uh, it's heart-wrenching for me. Now, yeah. When talking about the caricature of the Palestinian children and the Jews, the Jew who was holding the yeah. menorah pitchfork and, and yeah. feeding off their blood, I understand the nuance, I understand the critique. I understand mm -hmm. the, the critique that, you know, a lot of Palestinian children, I don't know numbers, so I don't want to say anything, but yeah. have died at the hands of the Israeli government due to the conflict. Uh, I understand that sensitivity. Um, what I don't understand is why Jews are depicted as such if the critique is towards specifically political Zionism 
and the effect it has had on the Palestinian people. Why, why regress and go back? And, and you know, uh, Jews are, or Israel is always uh, compared to the Nazi Germany, which mm. in itself, I will say debatably is anti-Semitic. Mm -hmm. uh, to others, it's not. That's exactly how Palestinians feel. And at the end of the day, who am I to say to a Palestinian what they can or can't or, or don't feel? Mm -hmm. um, but to call us Nazis and then use Nazi propaganda on us, it's just, I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. If the critique yeah. is towards political Zionists and Zionism as it's known today to the Palestinians, which is, you know, um, the ethnic cleansing and demographic reversal of a population that once populated the land of mm. Israel, Palestine, then it, if anything at all, again, I'm not saying do it, but if anything, mm. then the critique and these caricatures should mm. be for Zionists and not a Nazi yeah. propagated view. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you on the, on the, um, uh, symbolism of those specific characters. Um, Zahir came up. Uh, go ahead. Um, no, I, I was mostly just um, going to uh, see if you wanted to um, uh, go through each of those points uh, one yeah, by one. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Just in a response to uh, a lot of the comments in the chat about the uh, mm -hmm. tweets um, that, uh, Danny, you mentioned throughout uh, your monologue, um, what are those tweets, uh, if you can tell the audience, were they yeah. EDS members or uh, uh, leaders, or members of the organization, or just... Oh, so um, I don't know their specific position. I know that they were just members. And if anyone wants to know where I got the information, mm -hmm. I wrote it down. It's, it's um, a research paper called Behind the Mask, Is BDS Anti-Semitic? There you go. Yeah. It's a 2019 okay. report, Behind the Mask, which documents over 80 examples in which leading BDS activists and organization uh, disseminated content that qualifies as anti-Semitic as defined by the IHRA, which is the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance. Uh, so you guys can check that out and also see if we might yourself, uh, if that's reliable. We might actually get to the uh, IHRA in a moment, but uh, okay. I'll give Izzy a chance to respond sure. to uh, so the three Ds uh, yeah. in regard to criticism of Israel, delegitimization, so, demonization, yeah. double standards. So first of um, one thing with with the three Ds is that they explicitly explicitly mentioned the the state of Israel as a target of anti-Semitism, which means that anyone who actually criticizes the state of Israel is anti-Semitic. And that's problematic. That's a problematic start. Um, uh, the thing with, so you started with the demonizing part with the tweet. Yes, so only when I talked. I haven't talked about delegitimization yet. No, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, demonizing. Uh, with with the d demonization, with, so when it comes to using anti-Semitic tropes or even any sort of anti-Semitic representation, um, mm -hmm. the BDS movement has explicitly mentioned on their website, if you look in their frequently asked questions, that they are an inclusive 
movement and they categorically stand against any form of racism and they explicitly mentioned anti-Semitism. And they're very, very, as, as I said, they were very explicit about this. What the members are doing with that kind of representation goes against the principles of BDS. But they represent the movement. It's as if, okay, if I'm a soldier in the IDF, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, I am representing my state. What I do reflects on the state. What yeah. the members of BDS do, if they choose, and they do demonize uh, Jews, I'm not even talking about Israelis, I'm talking about Jews, mm -hmm. then that is a representation of the organization whether that's not their intention or uh, yeah, but, or um, but that's I, the thing I, I that's the let, thing I want to let finish uh, that um, point and uh, uh, again obviously it's difficult to go through each individual example um, mm -hmm. we have no idea whether BDS reprimanded those members or uh, decided I would imagine that was it brought to their attention according to their guidelines they would be mm -hmm. uh, BDS would disassociate from those members. yeah 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 uh, exactly. Um, there's a statement of affiliation that people mm -hmm. can look through that actually has criteria for um, affiliation with BDS. Um, and like from the beginning, they mention um, the issue with racism from the beginning of this affiliation statement. Um, but what I... So, yeah, I'm, I'm reading, in order to ensure compliance with the movement's ethical and anti-racist principles and protect the growing movement, the BNC has set criteria to any group that considers itself affiliated to the BDS movement and is using or wishing to use the BDS name in the in its solidarity work. So they already have criteria. Now, the thing is, the difference in, in the example you provided when it comes to the IDF, for example, the IDF is actually an organization. It's an institution. The BDS movement is an organic movement. It's not really an organization, um, which does, for me, that's one of its flaws. It's not an organization. It's not an organized effort. And that allows for the tweets that you just mentioned. Um, but that doesn't mean that the BDS actually condones those tweets. They're probably not even aware of those tweets. It, like if there's a group of people that actually leads the effort, which I doubt there is, um, it's very it's very decentralized. The movement is very decentralized. Um, they would not condone such tweets. They would never condone such tweets. I, as a Palestinian, I would never condone those those tweets. And I'm sure a lot of other Palestinians would, would, would do the same. What I'm saying is, if members jump into the movement and um, uh, spew anti-Semitic vile, mm -hmm. it does not make the movement itself anti-Semitic. But BDS it should make it a priority for the organization to make sure that the, its members are not getting it twisted. And again, that, that also it, it, it also defeats its efficacy, which we said we talk about, uh, Alba, we said we talk about it in the end, but it is something important to note. Um, um, at the end of the day, it, you, it, Palestinians want Israelis on board with them. They want Israelis to fight with them. They want Israelis to fight against the suppression. And it is very hard to fight hand in hand with someone when they are 
part of an organization that its members and organizations that support BDS mm -hmm. are using blatant anti-Semitic rhetoric. Like it's not even d d debatable. With the Again, specific uh, example that I brought, I'm not talking about in general, just a specific. No, no, I understand. Yeah. I understand. But again, as I said, because it's not an, an organization, it's an organic movement, monitoring mm -hmm. this becomes difficult. And again, that's one of one of the flaws I perceive to be in the BDS movement. It's it's too too organic. Yes, we need we need mass the support of the masses, but we also need to be more more organized. And that allows for something like this to happen, which is vile and unacceptable, but it's hard to gauge. It's hard to actually monitor. And again, for me, this does not make the movement or the model itself anti-Semitic. It's just, it shows a flaw in, in what is going on right now, but it doesn't make BDS itself anti-Semitic. Um, first, because you know, it's not an organization. Second, before because they actually expressed their stance against anti-Semitism in their mandate. Um, and uh, if that is caught, and I'm sure there were cases um, where they actually caught an anti-Semitic um, issue that is happening within the movement, they would isolate from themselves from it because it is stated in their mandate. Um, what I wanted to say is, uh, I think there is a duty of mm -hmm. care that the movement should have towards anti-Semitic tropes as such. But as long as it is not organized, it, it's, it, it, it's a challenge that cannot, that cannot be used against BDS itself. Does that make sense? It makes sense. It just doesn't change what's on the ground. And so, again, I reiterate, I understand everything you're saying. I even agree with what you're saying. But mm -hmm. so long as this is what is happening on the ground, so long as these mm -hmm. are the people that are affiliating themselves with BDS, I, as a Jew, will not support it. And yeah. I, so, uh, Jews who support it are considered Donnie, Donnie, Jews. Um, uh, you mentioned um, these cases of anti-Semitism in the BDS movement. Mm -hmm. Izzy says, well, you know, BDS, uh, although it's not one institution, has a set of guidelines that, uh, you know, say, say if you want to be affiliated with us, you have to meet this criteria. Um, mm -hmm. And so choose to you know, remove the affiliation of any organization that exactly uh, but but that's with organizations not individuals those are individuals well, well, well that's sort of my question to to Danny is is what yeah. what do you expect BDS to do in the cases of somebody who says they're a BDS member and just to be clear that means you what uh, send a little bit of money uh, you, you you donate or you uh, um, you know simply choose to to you know support the movement um, and then tweets out these vile tweets. Uh, what would you like BDS as an institution to do that it's not already mm. doing? Um, in publicly, to... publicly take whatever particular case that is blatantly anti-Semitic. I'm not talking about debatably. I'm talking about blatant, right? So throwing Jews in the oven. Can we agree, three of us, that that's completely anti-Semitic? It's awful. No, no, no. Definitely, it's vile. It's anti-Semitic. It's Sababa. So if that is completely awful and we are in agreement of that, then yes, I would like to see the BDS organization saying we don't own him. 
Okay? But here's the thing: we're talking about we're talking about a, a, a mass movement with with a, a lot of people coming in as individual as individuals. How can BDS as an organic movement right now actually go through every single statement made by a supposed member and Just, uh, announce it? I mean, it's not the WZO or the ADL or you know, a Jewish organization to specifically disavow the tweets. Of yeah, it's, it, it's, lo it's logistically theory. hard. I think what... what logistically, um, it is hard, but yeah. if it wants to take itself seriously as an organization, then they have mm -hmm. people in their organization that are vetting the people who are affiliated. So that doesn't mean to stalk their, their, their tweets. It means, mm -hmm. hey, if someone wrote a joke, by the way, uh, what's the difference between a Jew and an oven? Uh, pizza and a Jew. I'm positive. Actually, I can't say for certain, but I, I think it's safe to assume that that's not the first or only uh, tweet of that kind that that mm -hmm. person um, has tweeted or uh, a post posted or whatever it may be. Um, yeah. So it's to make sure who are the people who are joining your organization, just like any other workplace. Mm -hmm. Before we, uh, uh, I just for background information, uh, to become a BDS member, there is an eleven dollar uh, annual fee, yeah. uh, which asks for your name um, and your phone number um, and uh, basically a date. Um, so yeah. there isn't a particularly high criteria to become a member, and I think that's similar to most activist organizations. Um, a member is not yeah. a spokesperson. A spokesperson. Yeah, and also like there are people who claim to be members of BDS, but they're not actually registered members. If there is any list of that going on, they're not. That's the one of the issues again is that it's not that organized to guarantee um, a full filtration of who's in or who's jumping into the wagon. That's one of the issues. I, I think we do need support. But we also need to choose our allies and we need to be able to um, understand the motivations of the support that is coming in from outside the Palestinian collective. Yeah. I do think we need to, 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 yeah, figure out what the motivation is. Um, but again, as BDS, even if, and, and there are cases when that happened, I'm sure, even if um, anti-Semites are jumping into the movement, it doesn't make the movement itself anti-Semitic. The movement in itself might That's, not be anti-Semitic, but that is how it is portrayed to Israelis. It's a very simple question. You need, you, you. the Palestinians need to ask themselves, who are they turning to? Who will best, or has the ability to actually put the solution on the table to, to, mm -hmm. to realize the solution, okay? Up until now, Palestinians have turned, or actually they didn't turn to the Arab world. The Arab world took ownership and then they left them for, uh, yeah. left, just left them. They were just like, you know what? Not our problem anymore. We thought we can solve this simply. This isn't, it's not your problem. We don't care. Um, yeah. The international arena, you know, again, uh, the Palestinians, the BDS, they turn mostly to the West 
and hope yeah. that, you know, the West will do something for them. The mm -hmm. West can try all they might, but at the end of the day, Israel is a sovereign state. And so if you ask me, the number one audience should be Israelis. So well, do you uh, think Israelis will respond in kind to Nazi propaganda? The answer is no. Yeah, no, definitely 1, not. Definitely no. not. Yeah, definitely um, not. I, I want to give you a chance to uh, sort of uh, respond. No, I, 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 do, I do think that one of the issues with BDS is that it doesn't reach out to Israelis. Um, which is also, it, it's, it's hard because you're talking about a movement that actually is set out to boycott and, you know, boycott divestment sanctions towards your state. So how, you know, I think the dialogue needs to happen with Israelis for sure. I need. I think they need to be included in this. But the standing, the starting point is already alienating mm -hmm. for Israelis, given given you know um, their an an uh, how do you say it animosity towards Palestinians as well, right? It's how do you get? It, it means that we have to stop with BDS entirely. Well, and it, then, it could mean that it could, yeah, transform into something else. Because you're right, as an Israeli, I will never tell my, like, to go I, to the I, States I and go, like, like, sanction uh, my state. I, I feel like we're, 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 we're jumping a little, so I, I just want to uh -huh. kind of uh, finish uh, point to point, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Danny. So we're, we're skipping a little you know, sort of further ahead. Yeah, we're going further, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if we've quite uh, finished uh, the point about the 3Ds. 3Ds? No, no, not yet. Uh, yeah. No. So yeah. uh, just, just again, back to the 3Ds, the idea okay. that um, uh, criticisms of Israel, if they, are, they meet these 3Ds criteria, uh, are, um, you know, according to, uh, you know, this, this particular criteria deemed to be a form of anti-Semitism, uh, you know, according to Natan uh, mm. Sharansky. So uh, I just want to um, let you respond to those points, uh, Izzy. Uh, I think you began by speaking about demonization. Demonization, yeah. In terms uh, of the de delegitimization, uh, do you want to talk to it, uh, Danny, first? Uh, I have my notes, but you can talk okay. about it first. <laughs> yeah, no, in terms of the de delegitimization, I think, um, again, it's talking about the uh, state of Israel, and the delegitimization is not talking about. Um, uh, not having, I'm losing my English for some reason. I can't speak anymore. Uh, I think you're just excited. That's all. Yeah. yeah. So no. Um, in terms of the legitimization, some people think it's about ending Israel's existence. It's not. It, it's it's about how Israel started back in the day. The, the whole you know um, creation of Israel back in the day was not. A legitimate start because it actually um, uh, transferred people that already lived in the land, mm -hmm. forcibly moved them, um, and and the creation itself was not legitimate on humane basis. So that's that's the delegitimization. If we're talking ab about it within the sense of BDS, they're talking about how um, the state of Israel ha has. Ha had started, but not its existence right now. It doesn't delegitimize the existence of Israel right now. So that what you're saying 
me as an Israeli, and I know so many mm-hmm. others don't understand it like that at all. So when we see, um, you know, BDS, um, a lot of times we hear that it talks about the uh, denial of the Jewish people's right to self-determine, mm-hmm. uh, to self-determination in, in general, and to self-determine specifically in our ancestral homeland. Now, of course, I would never expect a Palestinian uh, to support the self, my self-determination if it mm-hmm. means kicking them out. I'm not like uh, living in La La Land, but um, the fact that the Jews, uh, so not being able to self-determine, that is in of itself a form of racism because if there was something that was created at the UN after uh, the first two world wars, um, was the uh, development of international law. And mm-hmm. in the process of that development in the UN Charter, they stated that every group of people has the right to self-determine. Now, I will be completely honest, there are two different forms of self-determination. There is mm-hmm. internal self-determination and external self-determination. Mm-hmm. Internal self-determination would be something like Quebec, okay? Mm-hmm. Quebec mm-hmm. is an autom- autonomous region within Canada. Can, mm-hmm. you know, they're under the economy and the uh, security of uh, Canada at whole, yeah. but they have yeah. a different uh, culture, different uh, yeah. set of rules there that is particular to Quebec. That is internal sovereignty and internal self-determination. When mm-hmm. you talk about external self-determination, you talk about the creation of a state for that group of people. Okay, so take, for example, what's going on in Spain with um, uh, Catalan or what is it? Catalan, uh, thank you. No, 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 Catalan, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so they're seeking external self-determination. They want to be a separate entity of that um, from Spain. Um, so the creation of Israel, in a sense, is external self-determination. It is the creation mm-hmm. of a sovereign state for a group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the thing is, um, what was written in the UN Charter is that any, ev- because every group has the right to self-determine, mm-hmm. delegitimizing that notion on a group of people is considered a form of racism. So okay. applied to the Jewish population, that is a form of anti-Semitism. Okay. Okay. Uh, for example, we what? can talk about Omar Barbuti, right? He is mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. co-founder of BDS. Yeah. So, from what I've read from independent research, this mm-hmm. person uh, um, uh, supports a binational state. Now, I'm not going to say yes. whether or not I support that right now. Let's just say that's great. He sees that my, my right to exist in my ancestral homeland. He's like, hey, but I also have the right here. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, on 2019, in the New York Times, he was uh, interviewed, and he said that there is no place for a Jewish homeland in Palestine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to understand that? Is it Israeli or Israeli? Okay, so um, I recognize that the statement that was made in 2019 is actually uh, hitting on a very sensitive chord for Israelis. I, I recognize that um, um, the creation of a safe space, a Jewish homeland, is it is and was of the utmost importance for uh, um, the Jewish uh, people because of the um, per- per- persecution that they've 
uh, gone through across history. Now, what I think uh, Omar is, specifically is saying is regarding the way it, it, it is right now as a Jewish state, as, as, a, as a state that actually deals with the existence of other people as a demographic threat, as a, as a state that upholds I keep forgetting what it, what it's called. Is it a nation state law or a state nation law? Um, the nation state law, which is exclusive to the Jews. In that sense, um, the continuation for the state of Israel is not sustained. Mm -hmm. Is not sustained. The, the 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 continuation of a Jewish homeland in that land cannot be sustained so long as the state system remains um oppressive of the other people in the land mm -hmm. the, the, i think that's to, the uh, difference before we continue i'm just going yeah. to push back on a few points uh bds doesn't uh not only sees the history of uh israel as illegitimate but also the present mm -hmm. um and so uh and this this will probably tie into some other questions i actually have about the ihra um mm. But BDS objects, BDS as well as many Palestinian activist groups, uh, object to Israel's right to exist as a Jewish majority state. Yeah, On the exactly. That Israel formed that state uh, through both ethnic cleansing as well as presently uh, a sort of ge geographic uh, disenfranchisement that mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. the uh, transfer of Palestinians to the West Bank and Gaza, um, they are sort of outside of the borders of Israel, therefore not entitled to citizenship. And sort of, uh, you know, uh, the, the demographic that they required, the Jewish majority was was achieved. Um, yeah. Uh, as well as this, uh, and for 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 the record, uh, as far as uh, self determination is concerned, uh, the the premise of self determination in the UN Charter is uh, people on the basis of respect, uh, mm -hmm. you know, equal rights um, and equality of opportunity, have the right to determine who their sovereign is. Um, there is, it doesn't actually define what constitutes a people. There is no, uh, you know, you do not, you do not receive the right to self-determination by being an ethnic group or by being a, uh, you know, a nation group, just any group of people. Um, and exactly what that self-determination comes in has the right to be governed by consent. I think that is generally yeah. the basic premise of self-determination. Yeah. Um, and so BDS and other groups uh, uh, object to that. And in the case of Amr's point, I, uh, he's obviously not here to defend himself, but mm -hmm, I would say exactly. that he's referring to a Jewish homeland in the Herzlian sense. So Darjulenstaat, you know, a Jewish majority state. And mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. I think Omar does not believe that uh, Jewish people or any I other mean, have a right to establish an ethnic majority where there isn't one. Exactly. It's it's the exclusivism of the, the current state system that is actually... Um, I, you know, being referred to, but I think also when it comes to the BDS, because we also can't conflate Umar with BDS and BDS with Umar. You know, Umar is an individual, BDS is a different thing. But um, the BDS movement itself has, as its stated goal, one is ending the occupation and colonization of all Arab lands and dismantling the wall. And they're talking about um, 1967 borders, which implicitly means that. Yes, Israel will continue to exist. The second one is recognizing the fundamental rights of the Arab Palestinian citizens of Israel to full equality. Again, that's an implicit yeah. acknowledgement of Israel's existence and con 
continuation of existence, you know? Like the BDS movement itself does not talk about the end of a Jewish homeland. Not not in that sense. And if Omar spoke about it, it was in reference to the status quo. It wasn't in reference to the presence of a Jewish homeland and that's it. Um, So in in terms of delegitimization, I really don't think um, BDS is set out to to end the existence of Israel. It's not. It's just set out to um, uh, bring to the forefront the issue of human rights for Palestinians and the fight for those rights. And I'm completely for that. I'm completely for fighting for the rights. Um, (laughs) I, however, um, and this will coin into the third uh, D, which is double standard. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel funny saying this to a Palestinian. I'm not going to lie, but it doesn't (laughs) rage me uh, that Israel is Mm -hmm. set to a moral standard that is unlike Uh, a moral standard that is placed to other nations. So Zahir and you were talking about uh, Palestinians being against having um, a Jewish state in the sense of how it is seen today and how it was created, a a Jewish majority state that was created out of war and the consequential or intentional that is a different topic altogether, uh, ethnic cleansing and um, demographic reversal of the Palestinian people. That yeah. I understand, but what I don't understand is why um, Israel is the only state held to this moral bar. Um, and I feel that's what a lot of Israelis um, are find themselves frustrated with. So, you know, no one says America has no reason to exist even though they annihilated the local population no one says that argentina argentina today uh, argentina and south america it's a majorly white country mm. with uh, mm. in southern america and the reason is because they are descendants of spaniards who came mm. and annihilated and created yeah. one of the biggest um massacres um or genocides to have ever known in history um, so no one is talking about the legitimacy of any of the states to exist. That includes present-day Iran, present-day Saudi Arabia, present-day China, and yet mm. Israel is challenged to that uh, the, the, that question, that legit the legitimacy question. So mm. that not only is a delegitimization that I see exclusive to Israel, it is also a double standard that is applied specifically and almost unilaterally to Israel alone. Okay, so uh, again, uh, the issue, BDS is not set out to delegitimize the existence of Israel. That's, that, that's the first thing uh, I, I want to establish. The second thing, when it comes to the double standard, it's a Palestinian movement. It was started by Palestinians. The focus will be Israel. Um, it doesn't set, it doesn't um, hold Israel to a different standard than anyone else. If BDS is applied in North Korea by, by you know, oppressed North Koreans, they're going to focus on North Korea. That doesn't mean North Korea is being singled out. It's just that it is the focus of that specific movement. Um, 
uh, it doesn't mean that they're applying different standards. Now, when it comes to what's going on on the international law arena, but you you seem to, I mean, it, the argument is that Israel is held to a different standard than everybody else. And right. we would actually argue the same, that Israel is being held to a different standard than anyone else. Because, for example, with every single resolution in the UN that came out against human rights violations in, mm -hmm. by Israel, the U.S. vetoed that resolution. Right. Does but that not also, count as a double standard? It, is, it does. It does. It comes right? to a double standard in my favor, in my favor because I'm just an Israeli. But uh, if we're looking at that, like America, yes, has Israel's back, but they were 20, uh, sorry, not 20, 17 UN resolutions in 2020 alone that was set against Israel and mm -hmm. six for all the countries in the world. Combined. No, but that, that, that's, that's wrong. That's wrong. I believe that everybody should be held to the same standard. But the issue is not that Israel is held to a different standard. No, Israel is held to the standard, but other countries are not. You know, it's not that there are two different standards that are being implemented at play here. No, it's just that standard. But the implementation is focusing it's on not, Israel. Is not, not that not a double standard? Um, sorry? Is that not definitionally a double standard? If, if yeah, yeah, no, it's a double standard. It's yeah, it's a double standard in the sense that it's applied to one country but not the others. But it's not a double standard in the sense that it's a difference in the sense that Israel is being held to a different standard. This is what I'm saying. It's not a higher moral standard. It's a standard that it every standard. Like if you're Israeli, at the end of the day, though, it it it, it is a double standard. It it. There may be an independent moral criteria, um, but if it is only applied to Israel, then that is a, you know, definitionally a, double standard. Yeah, 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 I agree. I, I agree on this, but that doesn't void holding Israel up to that standard. It's ju it just means that we need, like, the, the entire international community needs to also apply that standard to everyone else. Right, but it isn't. So right now, what Jews feel, mm -hmm. what Jews feel, is that there is a double standard that is specifically on Jews, and we might be super paranoid, but you know, we have two thousand years of I, I get it, I get it persecution get it. And, of history to to, the, um, to justify the this paranoia yeah. and this anxiety yeah. that we're going to yeah. be singled out, and you know, at the end of the day, uh, there was a comment in. Uh, right now, whatever they were writing, uh, <laughs> that in New York, there were BDS supporters who called Jews dogs. Um, mm -hmm. Note that I'm saying Jewish. Also note that um, on university campuses, and that's something that I really want to talk about, there were, okay, so- Before we, uh, before, before you continue, yeah. Ronnie, I'm just going to give mm -hmm. you the same pushback I just gave Izzy. Yeah. Uh, so Izzy said there's a moral standard um, and it's being applied it's just being applied inconsistently, which I think is a double standard. Mm -hmm. um, uh, on the flip side, um, you've sort of, uh, I, I don't know if that is quite the premise of the question, though, which is, um, is a double standard against Israel anti-Semitic? So uh, you mentioned this history, um, that's all well and good. Uh, 
But what reason do we have to believe that double standards against Israel are because of anti-Semitism rather than geopolitics or uh, simply the fact that it's a modern first world economy and mm-hmm. then China or North Korea or Saudi Arabia violates international law? No one's particularly surprised. Geopolitical interests at play. So I wonder if you can speak to that, uh, Danny. Um, I'm just trying to see if I understand. So if if understanding that the reason why Israel is held to a double standard is because of geopolitical concerns? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Sababa. Um, Okay, so yes, you are right. Uh, China is the number one economic powerhouse in the world, and therefore there is no state who has, and I'm so sorry for my French, has the balls uh, to go to China and say... uh, what y'all doing is completely wrong, especially when we're talking about the Uyghurs. For those who don't know mm. about the Uyghurs, please, 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 please do your research on it. I'm not trying to mm. uh, change the topic. It's just super important and uh, something that we need to speak against. Um, so you write about that in China. Uh, Saudi Arabia is, you know, uh, America's bay. Um, ever since the late 40s with the Twin Tower policy, um, the United States basically saw Iran and Saudi Arabia as the two most important uh, states in the region uh, mm. because of geostrategic, not geopolitical, because if we're talking about geopolitical, it means that politically they are like the United States, which they are not, but mm-hmm. geostrategic concerns um, when talking about the Cold War, then obviously you have the oil and that becomes a geoeconomical concern. You also have the strait. Uh, which yeah. a lot of trade in oil comes from. So yes, I understand that. But at the end of the day, you have to understand, I might know this because I started international relations and I understand that the geopolitical, economical, and strategic concerns of the United States, well, you know, uh, it, it comes first before anything. But how Jews see it at the end of the day is that there is only one Jewish state in the world, okay? There are several Christian states, there are several Muslim states. There's only one Jewish state, and that one Jewish state is being held to a double standard. And so but, it seems like, to me, if you ask me, I'm going to be a chi dugri. You know what dugri means? Mm-hmm. It means like, straight. Yeah, straight. Yeah. yeah. Okay? It's kind of like, why y'all hating? You know? Okay. Like, we have this one right. little tiny country. Why? Why is so, this so under magnifying Okay. Us? But like China is the only ethno state for Chinese people. Turkish is the only ethno state for Turkish people. The same with Iran. It's the same thing. And actually recently, and um, I think I sent you the screenshot for that, an an Australian bill came out against forced labor in in China. And critics came out and said, well, it singles out China. And this is kind of the same argument that is happening with this issue with Israel and Palestine. I do not accept this argument from China, and I do not accept that argument from Israel either. We cannot co- keep continue. We cannot continue to view any form of legitimate criticism and holding any one state, one eth- ethno state, to a standard as an attempt to to single out that that ethnostate. It doesn't work. It's a state system. It's, it's true, a, we're talking but, about the state system. But um, what states we have surrounding Israel 
you know, we don't see any kind be. of critiques towards them. So fine, Syria is oh, a okay. failed state. Fadil. Lebanon is also considered a, a, a failed state. It's Fadil, a failed state. But, it's... but what's going on in our neighboring countries, and we see that people are silent. And again, I can Arabia. also say, I'll counter my argument also, yeah. by the way. Yeah. I understand that the difference is that Palestinians are not um, not foreign. The the opposite word are not are not naturally. Uh, um, they are not Lebanese. They are not Syrian. Oh, native, native. Ha! That was the word I was looking for. Okay, they are not native to Lebanon. They're not native to Syria. They're not native yeah. to the surrounding states. They are native yeah. to the land of Israel, Palestine. Yeah. So they're just yeah. like, yeah, I, I understand that they're treating me really poorly, but I, I'm not native to that state. So like, you know, it sucks. But I can't go and critique them if I'm not of that land. So yeah. I get it. I get it. The question is, can that be better verbalized? Could that be better expressed to mm -hmm. Israelis when saying, mm -hmm. listen, it's not that we are blind to the world or blind to the neighboring countries, but we care about what's going on here because this is the land that my parents and my grandparents or that, or that I are still living in the land exactly. are native to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the thing. When it comes to BDS, it's a it's a Palestinian issue. Why are we, why are we asked to also like I, I can tell you personally, I care for what's happening with the Uyghur Uyghur Muslims in China. I care for what's happening with Yemenis uh, at the hands of of Saudi Arabia. I care for Syrians. I care for uh, the Kurds uh, that are being oppressed by Turkey. I care for all of these, right? But as a Palestinian, I have the right to focus on the issue that is personal to me right yeah. um but that doesn't mean i don't see everything else that is going on in the world i do and i and i criticize just as much as i would but that's me as an individual um and with palestinians especially the ones inside palestine it's hard mm -hmm. for anyone to go and say yeah it's kind of I, to be honest this kind of argument that Oh, you're sing you're singling out Israel. It's a double standard. It's it's a form of what aboutism. It's kind of like you're saying, but what about China? What about Saudi Arabia? Like it's kind of a. a it is a form of what aboutism. It's just a form that is felt almost collectively between each and every civilian who lives here. We feel singled yeah. out. Now, mm -hmm. if we take this to an individual, uh, just to continue on this premise. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Danny, if I understand your position correctly, uh, were um, China um, or Turkey, you know, either of those being the ethno-states of their respective people and the only ethno-state for their respective people, were they to be singled out, uh, would, you, would you assume that that was due to anti-Chinese racism? Uh, first of all, there is a huge surge of anti-Chinese racism uh, going on with this economic cold war between the United States and China. And yeah, I call it out. I call it out when people are blatantly against, you know, and holding and, and blaming Chinese to be that of their just, government. Just to clarify my questions. So I, I'm not talking about blaming Jewish people for the actions of Israel or Chinese no, people. No, no, no. The actions of the Chinese state. I'm simply referring to this idea that if there is a bias or a double mm -hmm. standard against China, the People's Republic of China, that therefore means that there is a 
bias or double standard against Chinese people. Yeah. Uh, I think China. that I'm not I'm just just to make a sure for anyone who's watching. I'm really not trying to say or that Israel is innocent or of or of any crimes or anything like that. I'm not saying that what's going on isn't important. I'm not saying that that it's not an ardent topic that we need to a uh, pertinent topic that not only we need to discuss but find a solution for. I'm not saying that Israel doesn't have the responsibility to acknowledge the history. Um, of this ethnic conflict and its responsibility over the, the conflict. But this whataboutism makes me feel attacked personally as a group. It does, as, as a person, as a Jew. That's how I feel individually. And if I, Danny, who's pretty liberal, uh, when mm. I, I have to say, when it comes to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, feels that way. So mm. imagine like a diehard right wing, his opinion on the matter, or their opinion. Right, they say their opinion on the matter, how they would feel. I mean, as an individual, if I come and single you out, Izzy, let's say you did mm. me wrong, mm. and I come and I attack you, I attack mm. you verbally. Mm. You're not, uh, and 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 let's just say we were a group of people, you and Zahir, okay, you mm. guys, and for some reason you both uh, did some did something wrong to me. I don't know. Let's mm -hmm. just say uh, you stole my apples. I don't know, but I only punish you for stealing my apples. Cause I got my eyes here. I'm like, ooh, he got a nice voice. I don't know. I need something <laughs> from him. So I'm singling you out. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you feel attacked, and you would feel less prone to taking responsibility over stealing my apple, just because you know I'm singling you out, even though Zahir is just as guilty of the crime as you mm -hmm. are. No, I see your I see your argument. Again, what I'm saying is, yes, all of those countries need to be held to the same standard, definitely. I don't I do not disagree at all with this. But Israel is held to the I feel Israel is held to the right standard. That's what I'm trying to say. Israel is held to a standard that requires it to acknowledge the rights of Palestinian people. Mm -hmm. That's a right standard. The fact that um Saudi is not being held to that standard or China is not being held to that standard does not nullify the standard itself does not make the standard wrong yeah when people use that argument that it singles out israel they're basically saying well yeah nobody nobody should have that standard applied to them but then what will happen to the world if that's the case no i would i would argue that this standard needs to be applied to all other countries i would not argue that it singles out israel and therefore it shouldn't happen no, but it singles out Israel and the Jewish, the only Jewish homeland in the world. And therefore, even if it's not meant to be anti-Semitic, that's what it feels like, again, because it is only one ethnic or ethno-religious group that is being signaled. Sign but the, but that's, the, that's the thing with, there with, is, China, with China. No, there that's is the thing only, with... Uh, one, uh, there is only one Jewish state, as there is only one uh, Chinese state, uh, one Turkish yeah. state. Yeah, so exactly. in your views, uh, Danny, how would you like people to uh, level criticisms? How would you like Palestinian activists or activists who are specifically focused on the Israel-Palestine issue, how would you like them to critique Israel in a way that you don't feel uh, sets up standard, um, given that it is their role to single out you know, Israel I mean, and Israel? Yeah. 
Listen, this is my personal answer, and I don't think that most Israelis would agree with me on here. But mm -hmm. for me, once I hear a Palestinian saying, I am not holding Israel to any double standard or any moral standard that I think none of the, uh, no other country in the world, but this is mm -hmm. my personal fight. This is my personal fight because I am victim of this conflict. Yes, I am oppressed of this conflict. I'm, and this is the fight that I choose to focus on. That kind of already makes me, doesn't make me say, oh, yalla, habibi, like, yeah, 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 I'm going to join BDS. No, but it makes me uh, less defensive and it makes me more willing to listen to what the Palestinians have to say. So for me, it's just, I feel demonized. And I feel that BDS demonizes me. And when I'm talking to an individual and he talks to me as a human being, then that's okay. what puts down my walls. Because now I feel like I'm being talked to as an individual. And I'm being talked to as any other individual on this planet would be spoken to. I'm not being spoken okay. differently, better or so worse, because I'm a Jew. So when it comes to the BDS movement, we're saying it singles out Israel, but the BDS movement is a Palestinian-led movement. So it is really like it is really reasonable. It's not unreasonable to for Palestinians to actually focus on well, Israel. They talk about Palestinian rights, and so a yeah. lot of Israelis would agree with me, or actually wouldn't agree with me, but they would just say that. And again, I just contradicted the statement with you live. So I mean, mm -hmm. I guess it's kind of futile to say, but. The fact that um, if Palestinians in BDS are fighting for Palestinian rights and human rights, then why aren't they having these fights uh, with Palestinians um, in Lebanon refugee camps, in Lebanese refugee camps, or in Syrian refugee camps? I mean, I don't have to say how horrible their situation is there. Um, it's horrible, but it's also, it's also, I mean, how did the situation start to begin with? That's why I said I just refuted earlier in my <laughs> comment. But again, yeah. that's what a lot of Israelis feel. We're like, well, if you're talking about human rights, well, your human rights are mm. being violated in neighboring states as well. Um, no, but BDS as BDS is about Palestinians. Mm -hmm. Again, the stated goals, it's about ending the occupation of 1967 land. It's yeah. about the wall, the, 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 yeah, the separation wall. It's about... Um, uh, the equality between Palestinians and Isra Israelis in, in Israel, and it's also about the right of return. So it's really about the conflict with Israel, yeah. as its stated I, goals. I do have a question, though. Um, mm -hmm. I had a lot of quotes on world leaders yeah. who called BDS um, anti-Semitic, but I don't want to talk about the states because what is Germany, and obviously Germany will have Israel's back because of guilt. Um, and then America, we talked about the bias that America has yeah. towards Israel. Yeah. So I just want to bring someone a little bit more neutral. Let's talk about France because anti-Semitism there is who. Um, yeah. So President Emmanuel Macron declared that um, anti-Zionism as depicted in BDS is one of the modern forms of anti-Semitism. Behind the negation of Israel's existence, what is hiding is the hatred of Jews. The anti-Semitism, which is on the rise recently in France, takes form of anti-Zionism, and the people who seek the weakening and disappearance of the state of Israel want the same for the Jews. In France, anti-Zionism has become the new form of anti-Semitism. What, what Macron is saying, basically, he's legitimizing the occupation of 19... He's saying that 
those goals, those, those stated goals are set out to weaken Israel. So he's okay with the occupation. He's okay with the occupation. He's okay with the separation war. He's okay with, um, you know, the, the situation for Palestinians and Israel. He's okay with uh, no right of return for Palestinians because all of mm -hmm. those stated goals are, are weakening, are either weakening the weakening Israel or seek to destroy Israel. This is what he's saying, and he's actually feeding into the zero sum game perspective, which is not going to mm -hmm. take us anywhere. Yeah, and that talk, uh, leads us to efficiency. Yeah. Um, so, I have a couple points on that. Um, so, I think we talked about, um, you know, the anti-Semitic rhetoric uh, that is felt by Jews um, and how Palestinians uh, or people, activists in BDS can change that rhetoric uh, to at least... Uh, show Israelis that it is not anti-Semitic, and it is, mm -hmm. as it states in its um, in its uh, website, that its yeah. goal is to, you know, uh, just grant equal rights um, mm -hmm. and human rights uh, to Palestinians. So um, I think that BDS as a movement is inefficient um, because of what it stands for. So boycott and sanction. Um, so I did a little bit of digging and research, mm -hmm. uh, and I wanted to see how BDS has affected Israel, if at all, and its economy. And this is the, I, I just wrote it down, uh, the, the result from the research that I got. So the foreign direct investment in Israel is at an all-time high. Israel's economy is well uh, suited to resist boycotts and sanctions because it has been less dependent on exports of commodities, which can be sourced elsewhere. Yeah. So, and when uh, and when looking at what it was affected, um, it was usually the Palestinian workers mm. that were most affected, uh, because there are a lot of Palestinian workers who work in uh, the settlements and in the factories yeah. that were built in the, uh, that region. And so they were the one that were most negatively affected by the boycotts and the sanctions. So, uh, not sanctions, boycotts. So the question is, this is a double-edged sword and a <laughs> double-edged sword that does not affect the Israeli state uh, as slightest. Yeah. So, okay. I, 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 uh, just a point for yeah. clarification, Diane. You refer to an economic boycott, and that, that is a part of BDS, but BDS also includes a academic, an academic cultural yeah. boycott. Yeah. Um, do you think the academic boycott uh, or the cultural boycott of Israel uh, is more effective than an economic one, given, as you said, the economy is well suited um, to uh, resisting, you know, sanctions or uh, boycotts? It depends. By cultural boycott, do you mean boycotting anyone who is a Jew? No. Jewish well, businesses? No, 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 no. no, no. It's, we're talking about uh, anyone who's explicitly supportive of, you know, uh, Zionist, uh, the Zionist state system. That's what we're talking about. Okay, so... <laughs> This is a really hard question for me to answer because, as you all know, I define myself as a cultural Zionist. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is very difficult for me to answer. Okay, so it, 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 
research has shown that uh, the academic boycott uh, has been the most effective out of the three, just yeah. uh, to let you know. As for cultural boycott, um, you know, Germany stated that the cultural boycott was very reminiscent of oh. uh, Nazi-like propaganda, don't buy from Jews. Um, and I think that's a shame. I'll tell you something. And uh, there was a, a judo uh, competition and Israeli and an Iranian went into the finals and the Iranian had to lose his opponent prior to going to the finals because he was not allowed to fight the Israeli. Um, mm. And he is now coming or has already flown or is, no, no, there's a clue. He is going to fly to Israel um, and fight uh, this Israeli person. So no, cause we did not uh, punish uh, this karate person I'm so sorry for my terminology, but the, this person who does judo in a competition solely from the fact that he's Iranian, uh, the, the exact opposite. We invited him and, you know, tried to show uh, the world that mm -hmm. just because governments are at odds with each other, our, uh, people aren't. And so if we were to culturally boycott individuals, we would be blowing up possible bridges that could bridge the gap between two people. And Actually, what more beautiful of a way to bridge the gap than culture? Yeah. Actually, B BDS uh, also in their in, on their website they talk about boycotting um, organizations, not individuals. So not individuals. They actually, so like, not the individuals. They make they make that difference. They do make that difference. Oh, hold on a second. Um, uh, where did I see it? Um, okay. BDS does not target ta artists, it targets institutions based on their complicity in Israel's violations of international law. This is what they say. Um, for cultural, for the cultural boycott. For the academic boycott, they say the BDS movement subscribes to the internet, oh, wait, hold on. Yeah, the academic boycott is a boycott of complicit Israeli academic institutions, not individuals. So they do make that. that so like if I was a Hebrew U student and I wanted to transfer to UCLA, and let's say UCLA was BDS. As an individual, so as an individual you, you're not, like you're not covered in the scope of BDS. It's, it's about the institution itself. So that would be Hebrew U. I'm just trying to yes. wrap my head yeah, around yeah. it. That would be, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if, if it's complicit with the state system, if it's complicit in the oppression of the state system of Palestine, like, of, God, I'm, I'm, so I'm losing my English. answering this question, because, <laughs> like, obviously it is an Israeli, but it's saying, no, 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 yeah. please stop boycotting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, um, you got me there. Um, <laughs> If Hebrew U, which it doesn't, but let's say it did, said, we support the oppression of the Palestinian people and mm -hmm. we want this to continue, I yeah. will not like it at mm -hmm. all, but um, mm -hmm. I will understand a cultural boycott to the academic institution yeah. because if a university in China said, yay, let's continue killing Uyghurs, I'd be going mm -hmm. like boycott, you know? Um, 
So as an individual and as an Israeli, I, as an Israeli, I would like to say I don't support it. As an individual, I can understand the basis of it, and it could be effective. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was a hard question. Um, <laughs> I hope I don't um, get beheaded well, by the Israelis. I want to. I want to bring the discussion to a close, uh, mm-hmm. maybe take a few questions from the audience and then uh, take it to the after party. Um, but that is probably a a good note to finish on, uh, some closing remarks from both of you. So um, is there anything, Izzy, that you would suggest in order to, that you would suggest in order to uh, make BDS more effective? Uh, what would you like to see them do in the future? Uh, Danny, for example, just mentioned, uh, you know, uh, perhaps there is a need to distinguish between different Israeli organizations based on their stances on different Israeli policies. Yeah, yeah. uh, Anything else you'd like to suggest? I think it needs to be more. I think one of the, I I spoke to this earlier, I think one of its flaws is that it's not organized. I think it needs to be more organized. Um, And, you know, be um, a little more diligent when it comes to um, acquiring support from outside the Palestinian collective. Um, I think, to be realistic, honestly, BDS will not work without sanctions, and sanctions are not going to happen. Realistically speaking, sanctions are not going to happen. And that's a major flaw for the BDS to achieve its goals. Um, but but the BDS is successful in bringing awareness to the Palestinian issue, and that's a good thing. Um, the the other thing that I uh, got, I had a point now, I, and I forgot it. Um, oh, I can't remember right now. Um, do I say something until I remember uh, what sure. I wanted to say? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think that my critique uh, or my closing points is that BDS is a boycotting and a sanctioning organization, I mm-hmm. think, is at large um, going to remain unsuccessful. Um, they need to change strategy, maybe name, turn to the Israeli people as their audience. We are the voters. Make the voters care enough for the politicians to care enough. Um, you know, uh, I'm trying to do this on my end, obviously, through this discourse. Um, I want a united Palestinian nation, people. I want them to be united, and I want them to come and tell Israelis what it is they want. Aha. I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the flaws of the BDS is that it doesn't offer any solutions. It doesn't. Like, And they actually state that They say they don't, they don't support a one state. They don't support a one-state or a two-state solution. It's just about bringing basic rights to Palestinians. And I think that's fine, but I th- like it's a good thing. But I think we also need a vision. We need a vision for the future. If we don't have a vision to look towards to, what are we doing? And why are we doing what we're doing? Um, so yeah, it definitely needs to change in the sense that it actually provides a solution. Um, yeah, so... I couldn't agree with you more, but um, if there was something that we saw in the discussion with the BDS is how divided Palestinian voices are and or, or, or supporters of Palestinians. And so we, I know Palestinians want to fight for the end of occupation and they want to fight for their rights. 
to have, you know, minimal rights as any individual in the world should have. Um, what does that mean? You know what I mean? What, 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 what does that mean? How is that translated? How, how do Palestinians want that to be realized? And I think that yeah. the moment um, Palestinians uh, unite, um, inshallah, and will be able to give Israelis that information, then Israelis can go like, okay, this is what, you know, this is the information. What do we do with this mm. information? How, how, how do we find a solution that, that they meet both the demands of my people, mm-hmm. Israeli people, and your people, the Palestinian people? Uh, how how mm-hmm. can these two be bridged? Because maybe I live in an ideal world. Uh, you know, people tend to say that I'm very naive and whatever. But I do believe that there is a solution. I do believe that there's an ability to bridge this gap. I do mm-hmm. believe that there is ability to have two people living in the same nation. Okay, but I'm not going to go and say one state, one state, two state. I, mm-hmm. I again, ideally, 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 I really, really do hope that Israelis and Palestinians will realize that we both can live in this land together as one. Um, mm-hmm. But I am for any solution that will put an end to this conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the second that Palestinians unite and can give a forefront, a united forefront into what these demands are, really, yeah. not in that, in Hebrew you call it sismaot, sismaot is passwords, kind of like talking yeah. in code, okay? Yeah. Then maybe that would be the most important step in reconciliation and finding a solution to the conflict. And I just feel like BDS um, discourages uh, this, uh, the ability to bridge these gaps. Um, Mm-hmm. And, and and discourages the ability for Jews and Palestinians to stop othering. Uh, yeah, it, it, it prevents us to stop othering. Yeah. And we want yeah. to stop othering. Uh, the second we realize, you know, just like yeah. you realize I'm a human being and I realize you're a human being, I hope I'm not a threat to you. And, you know, I definitely don't see you as a threat to me. No. So if that can happen one-to-one, that can happen for sure it can happen it can happen i think like uh, one of the things we need we actually need to do as a regardless of bds as a as a palestinian movement we need to actually reach across and talk to um the israelis and uh you know create a movement within israel to actually pressure their government to acknowledge our rights acknowledge our humanity and start moving towards a solution um, but also that duty belies on Israel, Israelis as well. Like, it, you know, Israelis need to have that conversation amongst themselves and need to be able to see through what the government is doing in terms of fear-mongering. Um, and, and also they need to reach out to the Palestinians and talk to them. Um, if that's not... Ha- like, it, it might be happening already, but it needs to be, to be happening on a larger scale. I think um, we'll. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, I think we'll take it to audience questions, yeah. Uh, yeah. and then we will be moving to the Discord after party. I know a few okay. people asked uh, sure. uh, if that was going to be happening. So, uh, just uh, one or two questions from the chat. Um, yeah. If anybody wants to ask something. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, yeah. I'm going to grab uh, one of a uh, uh, bunch of comments, and I know uh, mm -hmm. people seem to be distracted. Can by I? The, uh, yeah, can I just? Yeah, one on. one thing, uh, I needed to say this to Starhopper from the very beginning when he laughed about the being a, a refugee by birth. Well, you believe that the the Jewish people were exiled 2,000 years ago and their descendants have the right to come back to the land, which I believe is a, is a legitimate claim to the land. But you actually do not acknowledge my right to return to the land that my father actually lived in. Not my ancestor from 2000 years ago, my father lived in it. So there's a bit of a double standard with you. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, so question from the audience uh, for Danny uh, from William Mason, I believe, asking why are you putting the onus on uh, Palestinians? Um. <laughs> So I'm going to uh, ask a very funny question. Is he asking why I'm putting the responsibilities on Palestinians? Yeah. Okay. Um, so to, to well, uni yes. I think you think you were you were talking about how about, they uh, must unify and clarify their demands. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, why do I put it on the Palestinians? Because I think that Palestinians deserve the ability to have a part of the decision-making process. And so long as they are divided, so long as there is not one person or one party or government that really represents the Palestinian people and their demands, then everyone else is making decisions for them. So I don't want to make a decision on someone's behalf. I want to have a partner that is equal to me, be part mm -hmm. of the decision process. <laughs> Do you see what I saw? Uh, choice comments in the chat. Um, what? Uh, <laughs> probably won't make it to the other um, final question uh, anyone uh, or will uh, move it to the discord after party uh, there is a question by football fan what could BDS do to better their image the what BDS do what to better their image well, we already we already talked about this. I think um, one of the issues, one of the flaws, as I said, is that it's not organized. It needs to be more organized, and it needs to be more diligent about um, uh, garnering support in terms of actually understanding the motivation for that support. And it also needs to provide a solution. <laughs> I don't know about you, Danny. Well, I mean, I've already stated it, right? Just kind of like, I mean, I don't support it, but either way, it just for it to be more efficient, um, make sure people know who it is uh, that are supporting them. So if they have blatant anti-Semites, uh, to kick them out, to make sure that they differentiate between the state and its civilians and between uh, political Zionism as Palestinians um, see it and um, have suffered from it than from uh, Israelis or cultural Zionism or Judaism in general. Yeah. So there's a lot of different uh, sections to differentiate between. And it might not be fair to ask that of Palestinians to um, have to understand those nuances. Um, but um, that's the reality. Israel is right now has the upper hand in 
our goal is to make people care uh -huh. enough uh, to find a solution. And the people who have the power to do that are the Israeli voters and likewise it's politicians. Yeah. Thanks for that, guys. Uh, okay. Thanks to our audience for staying tuned throughout this conversation. Uh, we are going to move over to the uh, Discord after party. Uh, apologies if I, uh, I I did my very best in uh, this debate to try to stay out of the fray, but uh, <laughs> I have very strong opinions on the matter. Uh, I, uh, I perhaps will express in a in a different debate. I'm I'm personally yeah. a big supporter of BDS, even if I have my criticisms. Um, but uh, we can talk about all that and more in the Discord after party. Check out the link in the comments section um, and uh, join us if you'd like to continue the discussion. Uh, thanks, Izzy and Danny, for being with us today. And if you enjoy this content by Sulha, you can support them on uh, Patreon uh, or via Bitcoin uh, or PayPal if you prefer. Um, Thanks for that, and uh, signing off for now. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.